Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week me and Miss Boo take turns picking films to watch and talk about. Some are good, some are bad, but they are always fun at the Film Club. Miss Boo, how are you? I'm doing good today, Dean. How are you doing? I'm doing great this week, because this week on our Camp Film Club Month, we're watching one of my picks. Yes, we are. And this week... We go back to 1979. New Hollywood is still holding on as the 70s close out the decade with Apocalypse Now. The number one film at the box office is Richard Donner's Superman. And coming in at a respectable 13th place is this week's movie, Meatballs. The quintessential camp comedy starring Bill Murray in his feature film debut. And also responsible for launching the career of director Ivan Reitman. Who later go on to the 1980s to release Stripes and Ghostbusters. Two movies I have heard of. Exactly. I don't know why you didn't hear about this movie. This movie seems like I just never heard of it. Okay. Well, I know you haven't heard about it before, but you did watch it this week, right? No. I came in completely unprepared, didn't watch the film. Of course I watched it. Good. Then why don't you tell everybody what this one's about? We are going to summer camp, and we have Bill Murray and the troops picking up all the kids to go to summer camp, and it is just... I mean, it's a normal summer camp, but we have Bill Murray, who is at the helm, giving the the daily news and directions to all the camp members, and which I thought were hilarious, you know? Yes. And it's just kind of the story of Rudy, who doesn't really fit in with the other kids, and he kind of finds solace in Bill Murray, who kind of takes him in under his wing. Apart from that, we have Bill Murray, who has, you know, a love affair with, I can't think of the girl's name. Uh, Rita. Rita. So, you know, all the counselors are kind of dating each other or trying to get with each other. So you don't really see the kids too often. Mm -hmm. It's every now and then, but it's more of the story of, like, um, the camp counselors. And this entire time that I watched the movie, I waited for Jason to pop up out of the water. You can't wait for Jason to pop up every movie we watch this month. He look. This looked like a movie where he would just pop up out of the water. I mean, yeah, like all these, you know, counselors are just looking to, you know, score, do some drugs, and party. Yeah. But yeah, would you like me to... Because, boo, you're totally cutting out all the, the fun antics that is basically 90% of this movie. You can, but most of the time I was just waiting for Jason to show up. Of course you All were. the way to the very end where the credits are, I waited. I was kind of sad. He never showed up. Spoiler. I guess Jason could show up. This came out of Paramount, but whatever. Besides the point. And didn't it come across as a very Friday the 13th movie where they're cleaning up the camp at the very beginning of the movie? They're painting. They're getting ready for the new kids to show up. At any point, could have shown up. I mean, I guess. I don't know if that would have made the movie any better. It might have. No, it would have just been a different movie. I guess. Well, go ahead. You go tell the people what you need to tell them. Well, what I need to tell them is asking you questions about this movie. Because I'm curious what you thought about it. Because this is one of those movies that I genuinely like. It's not exactly a childhood classic. I don't think I watched this until I was in high school. Mm -hmm. But I watched it and I was like, oh, this is like really funny. And I hadn't seen it in a while. Watched it again, you know, for this. And I think this movie still holds up. Granted, there's things about it I have questions about, and I hope you can help me out with this. I mean, you always have questions. Exactly. Even when I can't answer the questions, you're still determined that I can't answer them. Yes, I believe in you. Why? Lots of reasons. 
All right, well, let's get started. All right, Boo. So, I got a question for you, because it seems like you had a little bit of a, tr you know, trouble trying to summarize the movie, right? Mostly because I was just waiting for it to turn into Friday the 13th. We get it. You, you're a dank memer. It's fine. It, it happens. It'd be like that. My question for you is, what exactly is the story about? Because it's a comedy, you know, we're laughing at it, but it's torn between being this, like, raunchy teen comedy, this believe-in-yourself coming-of-age movie, also this, like, will-you-won't-they romance thing with yeah. um, Tripper and Roxanne, mm -hmm. and do you think it all works? Like, what's the main thing we're supposed to be getting out of the movie? What's the main thing we're supposed to follow? I mean, I felt a little lost in the mm -hmm. movie. It didn't feel like, you know, the storyline was cemented in. It just felt like we were running in different directions. So I kind of stuck with Trooper, and I felt like maybe the story was, like, his coming-of-age story, because we see him in the very beginning, and he's constantly cracking jokes, and by the end of the movie, him and uh, Roxanne have decided, you know what, we're going to take it to the next level, we're going to live together, and we kind of see, you know, him grow up. Not really. Like, well, Tripper doesn't really, like, grow up, at least not from what I'm seeing. It it seems like he's kind of the same guy at the beginning of the movie as he is at the end of it. He's oh, still think... kind, he's still charismatic, he's still charming, but he's still a kind of play-it-loose, go-with-the-flow, wise-ass, because that's Bill Murray yeah. to a T. But I think his time with Rudy where, you know, they go jogging or he teaches them card games, they hang out. I think it kind of softens his character. Mm -hmm. So from him, you know, constantly cracking jokes and, you know, just all over the place. I think Rudy kind of, you know, grounds him a little bit and kind of makes him see, you know, okay, it, it's not all, you know, fun and games. I, you know, it, it is good to be there for the people that you do care about. Yeah, I can see that. It, so you're thinking, like, most of this movie, the core of the movie, is the Bill Murray, and, or, like, the Tripper and Roxanne relationship? Or is it Tripper and, like, the Rudy relationship? I think it's both. I think it's Trooper's relationship with Roxanne and it's Trooper's relationship with Rudy. Mm -hmm. Because Roxanne and Trooper have been off and on over the years. They say, you know, or she says in the movie that they've been doing this for three years and I think her seeing Trooper, you know, kind of get close to Rudy and kind of care for him like a, a son, a brother, it kind of brings her around to see, you know, he's not really this guy that's constantly cracking jokes, running around, bringing the lead camp counselor and, you know, tying him to a tree or leaving him in the river. It kind of shows her that he can be an adult. I mean, I can see where you're going here because mm -hmm. that seems like... From at the end of the movie, that seems like where the movie was going. Yeah. The problem is, is I don't think that's where the character was going for the other, you know, 90 minutes of the movie. Because we never really see Tripper actually grow up. I mean, yeah, you're saying, well, he grew up, you know, he's, you know, more mature. And that's why him and Roxanne can be together. But the last thing we see is that Bill Murray still tied the, you know maury to the to his bed and left him out into the river yeah he's still so I, he's still you know goofy and mature goofball it's it feels like the romance thing was it almost feels like that was kind of tacked on later right because i know that the rudy and bill murray or rudy and tripper stuff was tacked on after the movie was already done yeah yeah they i think they filmed like 
I want to say every every shot or every scene where it's just Tripper and Rudy together, that that was shot months after the rest of the film was wrapped. Yeah, because uh, Rudy's character, or in real life, the actor, he hit puberty. So they kind of had to go back and do these scenes away from the other kids because he looked, I guess, a lot bigger than some of these small children that were on the set. Well, Because, I mean, they even talked about... Uh, where Bill Murray actually shaved off Rudy's mustache because he actually grew a mustache and he didn't know how to shave, so he got his first shave from Bill Murray, which is kind of cool. Could you imagine having that story being like, yeah, when I was like a child actor, Bill Murray showed me how to shave. It was cool. I mean, that's a flex. That's a, it's a little bit of a flex. Yeah. You know? oh, but but... I, I think Rudy softens him because, mm-hmm. you know, we have instances where... Rudy decides he's going to go home from camp, and no one else goes and gets him. Mm. Trooper goes out there and brings him back. Um, we have... Which is such a fucked up thing that would never happen. If a kid disappears from a camp, that's not like a, oh, don't worry, he'll just, he'll come back by dinner time. Yeah. That's a, okay, I'm... There's something wrong. We're sending out, like, five counselors, we're yeah. going to call the fucking cops. That kid's parents are going to sue us to death. That's not a just let him, oh, he'll just float back on the breeze. The that 70s and, was a different time. That and I also wanted to know more of Rudy's backstory. Yeah, that's another thing. It feels like we don't we don't really know a lot about the characters beyond this summer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we get a little bit that Tripper is, or Tripper and Roxanne are the counselors that have been there the longest. Yeah. All the other counselors that are there are counselors in training, so this is just you know, little summer jobs. Yeah. And Rudy shows up and he seems to have a not fitting in thing going on, but I don't know anything else about him. Not fitting in. We see him when they go to pick up the kids to go to camp. It's just him and his dad. And, you know, he already looks depressed and it's kind of like, you know, did his mother just pass or did she leave them? You know, his mother's never brought up. She's never brought up. We never get, why he's so depressed is it a thing you know my dad's making me leave and i don't want to leave him it, it's it could be another thing where the kid feels insecure because you know he's not good at sports he's not good at this and that or whatever yeah. and he just is there I, I don't know it it does but you would agree that the film feels really pulled apart because i know yeah. we're focusing on this but let's be honest 40 minutes of this 90 minute film is just teenagers doing like jokey shit yeah there's a lot of pranks a lot of antics and it's just like i i I was really trying to like find something to cling on story-wise to Mm -hmm. kind of figure out what we're doing apart from just going to summer camp Mm -hmm. and that's just kind of what the movie felt like just we're going to camp we're going to camp and we're experiencing the things that camp is you know we, we don't do like the stuff that the kids do but we're with the counselors where they go off for what is it like a couple of days to that little secluded island yeah they're going on a um counselor's retreat thing where they just go off to the other side of the lake or something yeah. where it's like hey we're gonna go off for the weekend while the other counselors watch the kids we're gonna have you know a break sesh yeah which did that ever happen when you went to camp or again my my parents never sent me away to sleep away camp so you you were always a day camp kind of girl Day camp for a while, science camp one time, mm-hmm. but 
never worked in a camp, so no, never had that experience. Very strange. Very strange. I mean, it, it's always, you know, shown in movies and TV shows that the counselors have, you know, their, their night to get away and let their hair down, but I don't know how, how authentic that is. Uh, me neither. Granted, this was also 1979 when this movie came out, so... Yeah. You, you could still, like, smoke in hospitals, for God's sakes. Yeah. But that's besides the point. I guess this is, um... Something else that's kind of interesting. So, the story's a little bit all over the place, but would you say it works? Was it entertaining, I guess? It was entertaining. It works because, you know, we we start at the beginning of camp and we end at the very end of camp. So, we get, you know, the, the bookend close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was, what, four movies total from this franchise? Yes, and the other three have nothing to do with the first one. Yeah, so They're it's like... all trash. That's like, you know, this is my first time seeing this one. I probably wouldn't see the other ones because I've heard they're not that great. I mean, the second one is an E.T. ripoff where an alien shows up to camp and the counselors have to hide him. Huh. Yeah. Didn't expect that one. I, I didn't. I'm, I'm very surprised. Neither did se- uh, neither did 16-year-old Dean expect that one from Meatballs 2. Huh. Yeah. Never again. Never again. But I feel we get, you know, a, a bookend finish because it's first day, last day. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like the story's all over the place. A lot of it, it feels like a, a highlight reel of, this is what I did over my summer vacation, right? That, that's a good way to describe it, yeah. Okay, and I guess that leads us to, you know, my next question here. Because we mentioned the man, the myth, the legend a lot. A Mr. Billiam Murray. Who we absolutely love. Yes, he's. I think he's the second SNL member we've talked about on the show, because we talked about Gilda Radner on yes, Black... We did in uh, black christmas and i think this is the only other snl member we've talked about so far no that's not true because no. we talked about bill murray in scrooge for christmas oh that's right well that was the extravaganza that's, that was our extravaganza that's but all this over is the place our second bill murray movie this is and this is his first feature film this is and actually that kind of brings up my question because this launched his acting career and to me it comes off like a lot of other performances i've seen him do where you know, he's charismatic, he's funny, yeah. he, you know, plays the best jerk in cinema history. Mm-hmm. But is this an, an S-tier performance out of him? Like, do you think he's putting 110% in this, or is he just kind of cruising by on his Bill Murray-ness? No, because a lot of his mannerisms and actions, I've seen it in other films and on SNL, so it's like, you're, like, seeing the birth of bill murray's acting career and it's kind of weird to jump back to his very first role mm-hmm. compared to seeing all his other work and it's like like oh, groundhog day scrooge um, ghostbusters all his characters on snl because mm-hmm. i love you know the very like first season of snl like the early seasons with bill murray gildner radner uh chevy chase ba- back when it was still good when it was very good and it's like you could see all these characters that he portrayed in the show you know being manifested in this movie so it was very interesting to see the beginning yeah well i mean it is interesting to see where a guy who let let's be honest is probably going to be lauded as one of the best funny men of like at least the 1980s 1990s ever ever maybe even yeah and it's just interesting because looking at his performance in this i almost feel like he's barely playing a character i almost feel like he would he was given very little direction and was just told to just run with it just 
roll with it. Yeah. I know for the, it just doesn't matter. That scene, yeah. literally, Ivan Reitman, the director, said, Bill, just do something. Try and be inspirational. And he just told the rest of the kids, just go with it. Just roll with whatever he throws at you. And he just did that whole speech where he slams the log and everything. I mean, that that speech reminded me of Scrooge at the very end when he, you know, just goes off uh, off the script and he starts talking directly to the camera and he's telling people to call each other and, you know, resolve things. And I was kind of like, wow, it's interesting to see, you know. The, the man has mastered the rambling monologue. <laughs> yes, and, and does it successfully so. Exactly. So, so would you say this is up in his best performances? Because I'm personally in the opinion that, like, Groundhog Day is, like, his best performance because he, he plays the jerk really well, but that's one of the only films I've seen him play that, you know, his his character, right? Where he goes from being a jerk and redeems himself, and it's, yeah. a, it's a very touching, you know, little character arc going on. Like Scrooge. Like Scrooge. And... But, like, you know, we, we can be honest. Bill Murray is a really good actor when he's in his... His wheelhouse, In yeah. his wheelhouse. But he doesn't have a range. He's not he's not Marlon Brando or Humphrey Bogart. Mm. He doesn't... He's not a huge range of an actor. But he's really good in his wheelhouse. Do you yeah. think this is an S-tier performance in his wheelhouse? Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I agree with you where I, I don't think he gave, like, all of himself. I mm-hmm. think this was just kind of... The beginning and it was you know just testing the waters yeah but i think it's still a, a pretty good performance and it's really really cool to see how he's progressed yeah and it's just you know we have him in zombie land and it, it's not you know a huge role in zombie land but, but he's it's in zombie land it's still iconic and it's just that's the kind of actor that bill murray is yeah and i would agree with you in in this yeah it's just, it's a really solid performance, and I and I dig it. I could see why this kind of guy went on to have the career he did. Yeah, because it's really hard to pick just like you know what's his best performance, because it's like I want to jump to Ghostbusters because I think that's probably the first time I I ever saw Bill Murray, and then it's like, well, no, I love Scrooge. Then it's, it, like... it's one of those things where Ghostbusters because that's the first one, that's the nostalgia pick. Mm-hmm. But like Scrooge, I'm like. But it's it's like Scrooge has probably like some of the best material he's oh, worked yeah. with, and then it's and like it's like SNL and it's, oh yeah the score of characters he played on SNL yeah so Ground it, Groundhog Day Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou where he works with Wes Anderson and mm-hmm. he plays opposite of Angelica Houston and there's Jeff Goldblum and you get to see him play against really good actors and yeah. you see what that can do, but yeah I okay so you would say S tier performance easy. Yeah. Okay. So that, so you're saying great. His, this is his greatest performance of all time. Got it? All right. We're good. <sighs> there goes Dean with his pathological lying. It's my thing. So, I mean, pathological lying is my thing. But I got another question for you. Because this isn't just Bill Murray's film debut. We also have a director debuting here. Mr. Ivan Reitman. The That's guy who, who made this movie. This is his first real directorial film. Mm-hmm. He made some, like, really low-budget slasher flicks before this, but mostly he, like, produced them. But I gotta ask the question. Based on this film that you saw, Mm -hmm. do you think this is the guy who would have gone on to make Ghostbusters? Absolutely not. No. You you think this is, like, such a different film than the stuff we see later? Yeah. I mean, when I saw that during research, I was like, this is the guy that made Ghostbusters. Made Ghostbusters, Stripes, Kindergarten Cop, Twins. I couldn't believe it, but 
you know, it also kind of reined me back in to when you first started your film career. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've been with you from the beginning and I've seen you learn and I've seen you progress over the years to making things that are really like, wow, that that's breathtaking. So it's kind of, you know, it kind of feels the same way with this movie and then, you know, okay, I can see that he progressed on from doing this for the very first time to moving on to Ghostbusters and all the other movies that you listed. Okay. But now are you saying that just because you're being a little nice here? Because would you say this is an amateurish kind of film? Like as a, as a film debut, would you say this is on the amateur level or has a little bit more polish to it? It's a little on the amateur side, mm-hmm. but it's a debut. A lot of debuts feel on the amateur side. It's very rare when you get one and just knock it out of the ballpark. Looks at you and Orson Welles. Guy who's been dropping nothing but net for, like, the entirety of his life. Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, you know. I'm just just throwing it out there that Orson Welles made Citizen Kane, and that's not even his best movie. Hitting <sighs> nothing but buckets, dog. I know, and that's uh. why, you know, it, it's cool to see how he's progressed as a director. Yeah. So, I... Honestly, that's an interesting thought about, like, the progression of him as a filmmaker. Because mm-hmm. his next, th- like, two films that he directed were with Bill Murray. Yeah. I wonder if he went on to direct because he just felt comfortable using Bill Murray as an actor. Because it seemed like Bill Murray was given a lot of free range to just do his thing. And Ivan Reitman might have just been like, I can just let him do his thing, and I don't really have to direct him. It just works. Well, again, I'm going to kick it back to you. Mm-hmm. You've made a lot of films. You work with a lot of the same people. You know, it's kind of like what you were saying. He probably felt comfortable with Bill Murray, and that's kind of, you know, what you've done, where you guys feel, you know, comfortable with each other. You're able to kind of bounce things off of each other, you know. It's, it's all about the language. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I can imagine it's probably the same thing with him and Bill Murray that, okay, we did this the first time, it worked, we know each other a little bit better, you know, will you work with me again? You know, all right, and it's, you know, a way of getting, you know, some acting credits and building up your career. Yeah, and I think he built up one hell of a career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he, I know he didn't release every comedy of the 1980s, there's some, there's a lot of good ones he didn't touch. Oh, yeah, the 80s are amazing. But he touched some absolute bangers yeah right like ghostbusters alone like that's that's the plaque on the tombstone right this is the guy that made ghostbusters this is the guy that made ghostbusters i mean even stranger things that came out there was like a season where you just associated that season with ghostbusters yeah it's just you know ghostbusters is still a thing now we went to the the maze at halloween horror nights a couple of years ago for ghostbusters which was Wow. Uh, yeah, I've seen Ghostbusters in the theater, and it still sells out. I don't think I've ever seen it on the big screen. That's one on my list that I would like to go see. It's amazing. Honestly, I'd be kind of down to see this in, like, a big screen kind of kind of environment. That's, that's what it felt like it needed when I was watching it. I, I turned off the lights to kind of get, like, the theater experience. Mm-hmm. The, and, and it's like, you, you really need a big screen to be able to enjoy kind of, like, feeling like you are there in camp. I'm not even going with that. It, this feels like a movie that works really well when you're watching it with more people. When you're watching it in like a room of like, you know, five, ten people and people are laughing and you're kidding. Yeah. It's the vibe of the room. This is a movie that works really well when you got the vibe going. 
you know, mm-hmm. you and the boys there have a couple of drinks, put on meatballs, laugh a little bit when peop- when the line that is repeated most is, yo, Spaz, I think she wants you. I think you're going to score. And it's always the fucking lamest joke in the movie, but you still laugh at it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I could see you and your guy friends hanging out and watching this together. It's a funny movie. I don't think me and the girls would probably sit together and watch this. You would watch La La Land, probably. Probably. Cry at the end. <sighs> maybe. Just maybe. Totally cry at the end. It's a sad ending, okay? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Leave me alone. Uh, but Meatballs, not a, sad, not a sad ending at all. This is, I think this is considered one of the most profitable Canadian film exports to the U.S. Yeah. It made a lot of money. Again, launched the career of, you know, the director... Bill Murray, who everybody thought Bill Murray was just a one-trick kind of, like, shtick guy. And then they nope. found out, well, he is one trick, but it's a good trick. Hey, you got a good trick? He made it far. He did. But I guess but that kind of brings me to the, to the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Okay. How old are these, these fucking counselors? Because, I'm going to be real these, with you. These kind of teenagers? Yeah, that was the most confusing thing as I'm watching this movie. I mean, the the guy with the afro, I can't think of his name. The the white guy. Oh, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he kind of looked like Annie. <laughs> wait, wait, are you talking about hardware? Or are you talking about... Um, um, what was his name? Crockett. Or, or, oh, yeah, Crockett. Dude looked like he was maybe in his 30s. Well, Bill Murray was actually pushing 30 at the top of this movie. That's why I was just like... And that was another thing where I was like, wait... Tripper and Roxanne, they've been trying to ride steady for, like, the last three years. And I i looked this up because I'm, I'm that guy. So, Bill Murray was 29 when this movie came out. How old do you think uh, Kate Lynch was? No idea. Like, 22 or 21. Oh, jeez. Right? So, there's almost a 10-year age gap between the two of them. Yeah, I or, mean, it was hard to believe that they're... I don't know, maybe supposed to be, like... A contemporary, like... Is this a thing where they're trying to make Bill Murray play, like, younger? Or are they asking the other actors to play a little older? Or Well, I guess the actors can't really play older because they're all supposed to be college age. That's a good question. Are they supposed to be all college age well, kids? we kind of learn that they do this every summer. So they know each other, they've built relationships. So it's like, did they start in their teens and then have worked their way up through college or are we supposed to work or are we supposed to think that they're like pushing 18 i would assume everyone in the every one of the cits the counselors in training or whatever gotta be at least in their early 20s right because if they're teenagers this movie gets really weird real quick yeah (laughs) because there's there's some shit going on there Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, let alone when they go off to the island by themselves for the day, two days. And just bone zone. Just bone zone. No nudity in this movie, but there's bone zone. All day. All day. Yeah, and it's it's just funny. It's It's really funny when I was watching this, and I kept thinking, Bill Murray, I get it. You're supposed to be, you know, the cool, hip, you know, counselor, but... You look like a car salesman, dog. I'm sorry. That, and when he started telling the story about the man with the hook, I thought, 
that would be Dean around a campfire. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because every man seems to know this story and tells this story. Every, yes! You know the story, right? Yes, of course I know the story. You've, you've been told uh, this by the campfire, I assume. <sighs> Probably. Yep, yep. That Everybody has. It is the standard. And again, that's when I thought Jason is going to pop up out of the lake. It's literally a scene in Jason, in Friday the 13th Part 2. I know, that's why I literally thought, I'm like, scene. we're finally getting Jason in the story. <sighs> this is where the movie takes a turn. Okay, I need, I need to know, and this is just for my own, my own peace of mind did you legitimately think because this is a paramount film that we were going to get a jason cameo i hope so legitimately or are you are you memeing on me because you brought this up like five times in this podcast i need to know i didn't think about it initially going into this mm-hmm. but then when we start to see them you know clean up the camp and then we actually see the campsite and I'm like this could totally be a friday the 13th movie and I thought, like, there's going to be a twist in here. Because you picked this. You love Friday the 13th. I thought, this is how he's going to get me. I'm, g- I'm going to show you the movie that has the weird backdoor Jason cameo in it. Yes. I thought, I'm like, oh, we're going to see maybe at least, you know, a Camp Crystal Lake sign somewhere. I thought we're going to get, like, an Easter egg. And no, we didn't. Yeah. Of course not. This movie's made in Canada. Yeah. Nowhere near New Jersey. No, nowhere near New Jersey. Ah, <sighs> Well, yeah um so yeah miss boo so meatballs meatballs all all in all i guess what did you think of the movie it was good it was good yeah it was good it's funny i mean i call this at the top the quintessential camp movie which it kind of is made like 79 it's one of the only camp movies that i know of that's not also a horror film yeah that's this old i guess which is surprising that we didn't pick a horror film for our camp month you want to do adam's family values that's spooky not horror regrets we've had a few but i don't regret it i i do a little bit but that's besides the point so i think overall this is still a really good camp movie in the in the confines of films about summer camp yeah this is probably the template that a lot of one a lot of other films used later on because because yeah, it, it feels like camping it, it feels it, super familiar too yeah it doesn't feel odd it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard it's like no this is summer camp yeah we, we never leave it briefly you know to go to a restaurant or a parking lot but the rest of the time we are in the camp and all the antics and hijinks that ensue therein yes with children and with the adults mm-hmm. but yeah so i i would give this movie a, a very happy passable grade like this is a very like fun movie to me i think people should go out and and seek it out give it a good watch i agree it's a fun movie well with that i guess that leads us to next week the which final is your week final. yes your final week here at camp film club yep next week we're packing up but it's gonna be a big week because next week we're gonna be talking about the disney classic cult classic camp classic heavyweights Ah, uh, the boxing film about a young boxer going to boxing camp and boxing. No, 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 no. no. We're talking about... About fat camp, right? About angry kids going to fat camp and being tortured, and then eventually they will rise up and take the camp back. Fight the power. Fight the power. But yeah, so I'm very excited. I've seen Heavyweight. This is a movie from like the childhood years because this was a Disney Channel staple. Oh yeah, every summer. 
every summer, like every other weekend, this was like on TV. Absolutely love heavyweights. Love seeing Ben Stiller, you know, act with the kids and just act with his parents too. I mean, his parents are great. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of excited for this one. I think this is gonna be a fun watch. Yeah, it will be. It is gonna be interesting though, cause this one is kind of like Camp Nowhere and Adam's Family Values, where I haven't seen this movie in a long time. So that means be prepared because Dean's gonna have a lot of questions. I'll have points opinions you do have a lot of opinions too yeah and you love them too but if you wanted to hear more of these terrible opinions where can they find us well if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are you can find us on anchor fm apple Podcasts, spotify and just about everywhere else where they stream podcasts or you can find us on youtube on the channel in the frame Mm-hmm. Where we are with our sister podcast. The Double Feature Podcast, where every week me and my boy David bring two films together, we build them up, knock them down, and talk about them. And yeah, it's really fun. We go really deep dive into a lot of these movies we bring together, compare them, contrast them, explain why they work together, and sometimes why they don't work together. But I would highly recommend it. It's it's a fun time. If you're looking to talk and listen to longer podcast because it's yeah. like a 90 it's like 90 minutes but it's yeah. fun they're long episodes we're, we're pretentious we talk a lot it'd be like that so if you want to also follow us on social media you can find us on instagram and facebook at the film club podcast and with that boo i think we're done here so we'll see you next week at the film club <laughs>